The Biden administration rescinds another Trump-era health rule. A Senate committee leader pushes for reauthorization of pandemic preparedness programs. And the least productive Congress in modern history gavels out for 2023. In the final episode of the year, from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., this is Health on the Hill, brought to you by Heart Health Strategies. I'm Matt Duckworth. I am, you know, I am much more hopeful today than I was last Thursday. Uh, Leader McConnell's people are at the table. The administration's top people are at the table, as are mine and the three negotiators. And we've made a lot of progress. This is just a difficult issue, both in coming up with an agreement and then drafting it, because we haven't drafted things like this before. But I'm optimistic that we can get things done when we get back. Our goal is as soon as we get back. Kicking uh, off our final episode of 2023 with news from Capitol Hill, where the Senate adjourned for the year on Wednesday without reaching a deal on funding for Ukraine or border security reforms. Negotiators on a border security deal plan to hold virtual meetings over the holiday recess, but no votes are expected prior to the chamber's scheduled return to Washington on January 8th. The House of Representatives began its holiday recess last week and is scheduled to return on January 9th. In related news today, the 118th Congress is said to be one of the most unproductive in modern history. Only 27 bills have passed and been signed into law in 2023. Many of these were minor and uncontroversial in nature and passed by unanimous consent, such as legislation to rename veterans' affairs clinics or to mint a commemorative coin, for example. However, the list also includes the Continuing Appropriations Act 2024 and Other Extensions Act, and the Securing the U.S. Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network Act. Shifting to the upper chamber today, where Senator Ed Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts, has sent a letter to the Food and Drug Administration, urging Commissioner Robert Califf to include members with civil rights, medical ethics, and disability rights backgrounds on the agency's recently announced Digital Health Advisory Committee. The letter reads, quote, Left unregulated, Digital health technologies, including artificial intelligence, telehealth, and wearable devices, carry significant risks of exacerbating existing health disparities in the United States. It goes on to say, The development, regulation, and implementation of these technologies must be guided by principles that prioritize the health and safety of all individuals. The letter was co-signed by Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee Chairman Bernie Sanders, an independent from Vermont who caucuses with Senate Democrats, and Senators Bob Casey, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, Amy Klobuchar, a Democrat from Minnesota, Tammy Duckworth, a Democrat from Illinois, and Alex Padilla, a Democrat from California. disasters, attacks, accidents, other things that could put our country at risk. I feel connected to the origins of this bill, although I was not in Congress at the time. PAPA was first enacted in 2006, largely to address the failures of the federal response following Hurricane Katrina. 
That was the voice of Senator Bill Cassidy, ranking member of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, who this week released a statement urging Congress to act to reauthorize the Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act, or PAPA, that lapsed on September 30th. Cassidy's statement highlights the 115 organizations also calling on lawmakers to reauthorize PAPA. The statement reads, quote, Providing a strong PAPA framework is crucial to improving our readiness towards the next pandemic, natural disaster, attack, or accident that puts Americans' health and safety at risk. Unquote. More today, where the Congressional Budget Office is calling for more research related to new drug development, according to a blog post published by the agency on Wednesday. The post asserts that CBO, quote, could benefit from new research about how changes in pharmaceutical companies' expected future profits affect the development of drugs with differing characteristics, unquote. CBO notes that it's received feedback from congressional staff and from academic and industry experts about how to improve its model of drug development used to analyze legislative proposals, such as by accounting for the accelerated drug approval process and for how preclinical research decisions are affected by the policy under consideration. House Budget Committee Chairman Jody Arrington, a Republican from Texas, and Healthcare Task Force Chair Michael Burgess, another Republican from Texas, commended the CBO for seeking formal input. Shifting to news from the administration today, where the Department of Labor released a proposed rule on Tuesday that would fully rescind a 2018 Trump-era regulation that sought to expand the use of association health plans. A federal judge struck down key parts of the rule in 2019, characterizing it as, quote, clearly an end run around the Affordable Care Act, unquote. But Tuesday's proposal would fully rescind the rule. The administration stated that the rescission will, quote, allow for a reexamination of the criteria for a group or association of employers to be able to sponsor an association health plan and ensure that guidance being provided to the regulated community is in alignment with the Employee Retirement Income Security Act's text, purposes, and policies. Unquote. Winding down today were the Food and Drug Administration's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, or CEDAR, and Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, or CBER, announced on Monday that they will expand in-person, face-to-face formal meetings to include all PADUFA, BASUFA, and OMUFA meeting types, effective January 22nd of 2024. Meetings will still be hybrid, with core attendees attending in person and others joining virtually. The announcement follows CEDAR and CBER's phase-in of in-person meetings in early 2023, after nearly three years of no in-person meetings, due to the COVID-19 public health emergency. Before I became mayor of West Point, I watched my hometown almost fall completely apart. I saw what happened when bad Washington policies almost destroyed my hometown by creating the environment for manufacturing jobs to go overseas. I, I watched federal programs that were failing to meet the needs of my, of my friends and neighbors try to take the place of good jobs. The federal programs weren't fixing the underlying programs in my hometown. They were simply catching people in the cycle of poverty, and we surely didn't want a handout. We wanted jobs. And I Final news today. Where? Representative Drew Ferguson, a Republican from Georgia who you just heard, has announced that he will not run for re-election next year. Ferguson's statement 
which did not provide a reason for his decision, highlighted his work on the Ways and Means Committee, and specifically his efforts to address antimicrobial resistance and the nation's mental health crisis. Prior to being elected to the House of Representatives in 2016, Ferguson was a dentist with a family dental practice. He currently sits on the budget and Ways and Means Committees. In related news, Representative Kevin McCarthy, the former Speaker and Republican from California, officially informed the House that his resignation as a member of Congress is effective on December 31st, 2023. A running list of members of Congress who are retiring or seeking other office can be found in our written weekly policy briefing at www.hhs.com. Thanks again for tuning into the final episode of Health on the Hill for 2023, brought to you by Heart Health Strategies. We want to thank everyone who spent the year listening to the podcast, especially our subscribers. From myself and my colleagues at Heart Health Strategies, we hope you and your family have a safe and healthy holiday season. Thank you.